0: Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling feud. Partnered with Colder Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. Alright, bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. locks 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 on, locks on, locks on, locks. I'll need the keys when I get the locks. Keys get the Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major LA Lakers. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I'll need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major LA Lakers.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Gambling Feud Podcast, episode 14. We're ready to roll again for another really, really solid episode. Funny episode at that, so we're really looking forward to it. My name is Kyle Comis. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Comedog. And joining me, as always, episode 14, at DJ Low 4422 DJ Looch. DJ, how are we doing today?
2: I'm doing good, as always, Kyle. Like I will always preach, it's in the mindset. And uh, I woke up and I said today's going to be a good day, and it's been a good day. Wow. Let's let's hope it keeps going that way, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, DJ, a lot of exciting stuff happening with the Cota Sports Gambling Network. So we got a brand new website. Our good friend and fearless leader, Pace Meyer, has worked really, really hard on creating a new website. It's coming out here either today or tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, really, really excited for that. We're going to be posting some new blogs on, on that website, trying to create a little more content for the website. So I'm really pumped about that.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, Dakota cappers are taking over the world, man. And we're doing it one state at a time. So we're starting with South Dakota, a little bit of Iowa, and slowly but surely, we're just going to, you know, take over the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but there's also a a new uh, morning show coming out. Me and Pace are going to start a morning show here later this week, just tweeting out or just looking at some games from each various sport just saying what we like what we don't like and just a little daily show to get out just a daily picks and stuff like that so i'm really really excited for that we'll have more details on the website later this week about that we may be starting later this week uh really really excited for that
2: yeah that'll be a good show to listen to to kind of wake up you know have a cup of coffee and see what pace and kyle are on today and what the lines look like you got to start your day off with lines right
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no other way to start your day off.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in New York City, they're doing lines, but it's cocaine because that's how it runs, you know, back in the 80s. But we wake up and we're professionals, we're adults. We wake up and we look at gambling lines, a very much more sophisticated and legal form of lines. Uh, We're not like the New Yorkers.
1: And just for the record, we are very okay with New Yorkers and we're very okay with everything else that's good and holy in this world. And we do not condone the use of drugs, illegal drugs, just disclaimer. Yep. A gambling <laughs> feud disclaimer. We got a, we got a couple lawyers in the family. They're telling us
2: to cover, cover all of our, any mistakes or any uh, loose ends we leave up so that we don't get up, you know, cancel culture. One, one, we say one bad thing, Kyle, and we get canceled. The right person gets us canceled. Uh, we're done. We're, we're, what are we
1: going to do? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. So shout out to those lawyers in the Comas family that keep me and DJ afloat in that regard. But DJ, next week, we got an exciting show. We, we're going to talk about it again later on later on in the podcast. But we got all of the Coda cappers, not just like missing one or two, but we got all of the cappers coming on next week. We're going to do a little, little trivia contest. I'm going to host a little trivia contest, and you're going to have uh, soup and toast, and you're facing off against Pace, B-Russ, and Kumba. So it's going to be sports trivia. I'm super pumped for that.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I should, you know, if, if the bar is set for me to just win this easily or if I'm going to have an uphill battle. I don't know what Josh and, excuse me, Toast know trivia-wise. I, I like, I know the leagues now, but I don't know history that well. Um, I'm, you know, I've only been alive 23 years. I'm still a youngin'. So I know a lot of things, but I, on the grand scheme of sports trivia, I don't know much. Uh, and I do have my weaknesses, so we will see. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a fun episode. Kyle is going to be the host. I'm trying to think of some game show host, uh, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I don't really watch those. Do you got, you got one that, that's a good comparison for yourself, Kyle?
1: I, I would consider myself to be an Alex Trebek for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. I've, very, very, very much so. I think I have the uh, humor and the tenacity and the personality of Alex Trebek. So I think that'd be a pretty solid comparison.
2: I like it. I like it. And in sports, they're always trying to make comparisons and it, it always a little mini mic drop here. But it always annoys me. Like in every sport, they have to compare every like player that's going to get drafted or going to get signed or whatever it is. They have to compare him to somebody that's already in the league or that was in the league. I'm just like, why? Why can't he be their own individualistic player? Like he's not like this player. Sure. A couple of things line up. Yeah, they're both six, eight and they're fast. OK, cool. Uh, you know, they, they, it just it really upsets me that. We always have to force other players into a box of a player. And like, I get why they do it, but it just annoys me. Like, just, just talk about him, you know, but that's just me, Kyle. Take, cut me off here. No mic drop for me until later in the segment or later in the show.
1: That's right, DJ. That's right. Uh, Another really, really funny thing. DJ, Brandon Russell, who we're going to have on later in the show for our guest pick him. He's just getting into beef with everybody. So my, let's actually transition into the tweet of the week because my tweet of the week is about this, but. So they tweeted out the uh, Coda Sports Gambling Network, our May uh, leaderboard, and me and DJ are at the top, representing Gambling Feud really well. But uh, Brandon is way, way down right now. I think he was down minus 15 units today. But like later, earlier last week, uh, this one of Toast's friends named Otis tweeted and said, B Russ is down big in sports betting. What a shocker. And this leads to my tweet of the week. And this could potentially be the tweet of the year, DJ, when B-Rust said, quote, at least I don't look like a toe.
2: (laughs) The guy's got, it's not a picture of him himself. It's just a picture of something. And the guy definitely does look like a toe. And it's just funny. Uh, but, yeah, I feel bad for B-Russ. We've all been cold, Kyle. I know you've been cold. I've been cold before. That's how sports gambling is. If you were hot all the time, you would be in Vegas, and you'd be a professional. Yeah. Um, but as we are trying to get to that level, we aren't there yet. And so we go through cold stretches, and it's it's tough, man. Like, you just can't find winners. And B-Russ just caught a bad cold stretch followed with a lot of twitter accounts with i would say less than 75 followers i mean most of them there's like six or seven i can't even i can't even follow it anymore it's too much sauce and it, it's great for the network uh, the code of sports cappers network it's great for that cuz there's so much involvement there's a lot of tweets a lot of action but like personally i can't it, it's too much sauce It's there's too many accounts too much things being tweeted i don't even care anymore like so B. russ is having a bad day and they're attacking him. Like, it's just – it's too much to keep track of. I, I can't do it.
1: Okay, but I still, I still got to ask, DJ, are you are you Team B-Russ or are you Team Otis?
2: So, I I voted on both polls, and I voted both polls – because there was a Team Toast one too. And I voted on both of them, Team B-Russ. And I think on the Team Toast one versus Team B-Russ, I screenshotted it to, to and I sent it to B-Russ. I was like, I got you. You're my dog or something like that. I don't know. Something to let him know that, like, I'm on his side. Uh, I just know him slightly, a little bit better, as we've known him a little longer. Uh, we used to, back when I first started with the Coda Sports Cappers Network, we would text a lot about hockey games, so I got to kind of pick his brain then. Um, but I think B Russ is just a good guy, uh, and I don't know these other guys, so by default, I have to be loyal to my Coda Capper brother, and that is B Russ. So for life, Team B Russ.
1: DJ, I'm I'm riding with you this. Otis guy he's been talking smack about not directly to me the man listened to my mic drop and knew not to get in my mentions because he had- <laughs> but, you scared uh, him I scared him but uh you know he just he he likes to bring bring others down and I think Toast and him have finally uh settled their differences which is which was a good thing to see but him and Otis have a new rivalry. I just want to make a statement right now that we on the Gambling Feud podcast, we are Team B, Russ. Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, anybody can call you out when you're cold, but where is someone thanking you when you're hot? Where was someone that like, hey, you went 5-0 on your card today. I bet on all five. Like, thank you. I've never been thanked. Have I been made fun of when I do bad? Every time. But yep. when I do good, where are the people like, hey, great job today? No one. And i, I it's, we don't do this to get thanked. We're just out here because we like doing this. It's a fun thing to do. But it's just its just funny. When you're cold, everyone will call you out. And when you're hot, they ain't going to say nothing because they know they can't be on your level. I mean, it's, it's two-sided going, whatever they call it, two sides every whatever. I don't know what the saying is. Going full, Nick Miller from New Girl, botching the sayings, but – um, but anyway, quickly, before I forget, got to give a shout out to the intro song guy, Lucas Parker. Uh, you can find his latest album, Virtues, on Apple Music and Spotify. His name is Luke, L-U-K-E, and then the number seven. Like I said, again, Virtues. Um, yeah, you know, every now and then I want to change it up. I, I bump some some Virtues, and there's just so many different flows. And uh, Lucas is my dog, so I'll listen to him all the time but yeah check it out if you like the intro song uh cold, but yeah
1: cold in miami, cold in yeah. miami six are me and dj's two favorites and yep for sure i can bump to both of them yep
2: cold gets in your feels and miami six gets you wanting to party seven heaven the intro song is starting to grow on me he goes i don't know it's like the middle bar he goes off just on a and it just every time that middle bar like the the you know the seven eight lines he just spits real quick it just i, I love that but Yeah, to get on to my Tweet of the Week, I don't have a specific tweet. Uh, It's more a bunch of tweets. Uh, So if you guys haven't heard the news, Colt Brennan, former Heisman finalist in 2007, he played with Hawaii. Um, He passed away today or yesterday, I'm not quite sure. And the cause of death is uncertain at this point, but he was 37 years old. So there's just a ton of tweets out there respecting the legend that he was at Hawaii. And, you know, Twitter can be a very toxic place, but it's moments like this where you realize there is some positivity to Twitter uh, as they, you know, people are just paying their respects to someone who was electric. I mean, he was so fun to watch what he did for the game, what he did for Hawaii. I mean, I loved watching him. And so I, I do, I do love that Twitter can pay its respects and everyone just tweeting, you know, very, nice and respectful things about colt brennan and we all we all miss him uh kyle what are your thoughts on that
1: it's a it's a very very sad deal dj and that's a really good choice of tweets for sure and it's it just it makes you realize like you gotta really really cherish like you know not only people really close in your life but just the athletes in general too like how much he brought to that hawaii team and how much he just brought to college football for sure so that's very very sad uh I'm thinking of him, his family and all those really, really close to him and stuff like that. That's just a sad deal.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you can have people that are so toxic and he didn't make it to the NFL and stuff like that. But I'm not seeing that on Twitter. Maybe there are those tweets. But all I'm seeing is respectful stuff about how, you know, he had like 18 400 uh, yard passing games at Hawaii. Like he just did so much and he was so like it just he brought so much to the game. And yeah, like you said it really puts things in perspective. I mean, the whole Kobe Bryant thing as we all know puts things in perspective. Like you can't take life for granted, you got to live day by day. So that's why every day when you ask me on the podcast if I'm doing well, well, I woke up that day, so I'm doing well. It's all in the mindset and yeah, just take every day, you know, live it to the fullest and you know, don't don't go don't let negative energy weigh you down cuz you don't know if you'll have another day. So a little, little plug for mindset on how to live life there, but What about our can't-miss plays of the week, Kyle? What do you got, buddy?
1: So, DJ, my can't-miss play of the week, it was something – it was really cool to watch. It was also kind of fun. So, uh, the Ball brothers, LaMelo and Lonzo, were actually playing each other on Mother's Day. So, I believe uh, both their moms and uh, Lavar were in the stands watching that game and stuff like that. And LaMelo and Lonzo actually guarded each other. Uh, Lonzo got the – got a rebound and they base and basically LaMelo guarded him full court and they were just going at it. You know, Lonzo had his back turns towards him, you know, like you do in the backyard and was dribbling and stuff like that. LaMelo ends up getting a steal. They both go after it and LaMelo gets called for a foul for tripping Lonzo, but it was just fun to see those two just having a good time and just enjoying the game of basketball on mother's day. It was really, really cool to watch.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you can't be on the same team, like the Morris brothers were for a while, uh, they were on the same team it'd still be an honor and a dream to play against your brother in some sort of sport. Uh, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be competitive. It'd be all love in the end, you know, whoever does well, or whoever wins it, it all wouldn't matter. Cause you both made it to some professional sport. Uh, but obviously if they were on the same team, I'm sure that'd be awesome. But either way, that's just gotta be an honor and just so much fun. You know, I mean, how many people can say they were able to play their brother in a sport? Not many.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very very, very true. I know if my if I would have played my brother in a sport, he absolutely would not have wanted to smoke. So uh, probably a good thing we didn't play each other. <laughs> uh,
2: you guys are both really good bowlers. So that would have been interesting to see.
1: And the um, thing is, is my dad is like better than, and I hate to say this, but he's better than both of us. Like one time, like when my brother was like, you know, in his high school days where he bowled a lot, all three of us went bowling. So I'm in college bowling and my brother's in high school bowling. All three of us bowl. My brother gets a two twenty. I get a two thirty. My dad gets a two forty. It's like, are you oh. freaking? Are you freaking kidding me?
2: At least you beat your brother. Like, if you'd lost to him, who? As the yeah. collegiate bowler, you got to bring your A game, especially when there's a high school bowler, and you did. That, that's what really matters.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, DJ, I I saw the video that you're about to share with us. But go ahead and just tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, so my campus play of the week, if you haven't seen it. Uh, so, Wayland Baptist University was down eight runs, and this was an elimination game. It's the NAIA like tournament championship, winner moves on, something like that. Not 100% sure on the details, but I know it was an elimination game, and they battled back. And in the ninth inning, Gregory Ozuna hit a massive home run to take the lead and keep their season alive. And he did a savage bat flip. He took a couple steps, and then he just, like, full-on launched the bat. Uh, And I I did a little more research just because. And I found out that uh, he actually got ejected because he almost hit the ump. And when I watched the video, I was like, God, that was really close to hitting the ump. Like, I just thought that, but I didn't. I was like, ah, no, it probably wasn't. Like, I'm probably just missing the angles. Well, then I read about it. uh, And, yeah, he gets ejected for almost hitting the ump. And basically the, ma- the, the major debate on the Twitter is whether, you know, those types of bat flips are professional or whether they're childish almost. Uh, and, you know, Trevor Bauer said it best. If a pitcher gives up a home run, I mean, the batter deserves the bat flip. Like, don't give up a home run. He won't bat flip. Don't blow an eight-run lead and give up the lead in the ninth and don't expect them to go crazy. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Now, was it excessive? Sure. Was Jose Batista's one excessive? Sure. But was it called for? Yes, it was. It was warranted. It was a huge play. And I, I think I think we need to get more of that young, just celebratory. Like, make baseball fun again. Not even again. Let's just make baseball fun for the first time. Uh, because this isn't the old days where if you celebrate, you get hit in the head or hit in the side the next time you come up uh you know players Tatis, Bryce Harper, Javi Baez, everyone, a lot of these young players are coming into the league and they're just trying to make it fun again. And they, you know, celebrate. It. If you do something good, celebrate. And every other sport does it, but in baseball for some reason there's this unwritten code where you're not allowed to have fun. Like, come on. And these young players, they they're changing it. The new generation and I love it. I'm all for it. What about you, Kyle? Me
1: me too, DJ. Like, you know, and and it's not all uh players that dude i saw like six years ago was when bartolo cologne hit that home hit that home run and first of all if you if you're really really down and need to watch something watch that home run and just like how happy he was and how shocked he was and stuff like that that was funny but anyways uh no i just like like jose bautista's bat flip is one of the most electric plays in sports not just baseball but just in sports in general and just celebrations like that it makes sports fun so i think that this unwritten code is just bogus and if you're a pitcher and you're getting mad that someone hit a home run off off of you don't give up the home run
2: simple it honestly it is simple and like as a pitcher when you strike somebody out in a key moment you're allowed to celebrate like you, they always do stuff i mean you can do like a, i mean you can do anything I mean, it's The same thing is when you score a touchdown, you can celebrate. Or uh, when you hit a three, what – I mean, has Steph Curry ever hit a three and just walked back the other way? No. And he's hit so many threes. So, like, if they're allowed to do it in every other sport, why aren't we allowed to do it in the – I mean, I get it. Baseball is a super disciplined sport, but so is every other sport. Football is disciplined – like, every sport requires discipline – and I just I think it's time to make the game fun. The viewership is dying, the, the sport itself is dying. Like people aren't watching, so you gotta do something. And I think this is a step in the right direction, is letting people celebrate, letting people have fun. I mean, they're kids out there. I mean, they're literally kids, they haven't even lived 30 years of life, and they're out there. Like, come on, let them have fun. Agreed. Um, but anyway, let's let's get on to the random poll. Uh, of the week. So I I thought we had done this one but Kyle reaffirmed we've not done this one. So what is the best rivalry in sports? Uh so we just chose our top 4 and we'll go off each of us and give our personal number 1 and then our honorable mention as we always do. So the first rivalry we have is Yankees Red Sox. The second rivalry we have is the Red River rivalry, Texas versus Oklahoma. Then the third rivalry, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. And then the fourth rivalry, Duke versus North Carolina. Now, before, Kyle, you give your picks, uh, I would just like to say there are probably 10 billion different ones we could throw in here. I mean, there's so many rivalries. These are just the top four we like. Uh, So when we tweet this random poll out today, uh, if you disagree or you think that there's more or better one that we didn't put on that poll, add us, and we will acknowledge you. I've never not replied to a tweet that's at us at Gambling Feud. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle, take it away, buddy. What do you
1: got? DJ, the viewers at, or the listeners at home will not be surprised at mine. The Red River rivalry, absolutely an electric rivalry game between Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, every single football game that happens, there's always a massive fight that usually starts before the game. The referees have to break it up. They have to get security in there. I mean, these two teams hate each other and the fans don't like each other. And there's always that disgusting burnt orange that's in the stands and on the players and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, you got those Texas players, you just, you, and and on both ends too, like Oklahoma, like Texas players hated Baker Mayfield, but so did half the country at the time, you know, uh, Texas has Sam Ellinger who has the most punchable face I've ever seen in my life. And they just got, just such a heated rivalry. The games are always extremely close. There's always massive bragging rights on the line. It's just an absolutely electric rivalry down south. It's one. It's a game I want to go to at some point in my life. My dad goes to it every year. Every year, never takes me and my brother, which me and my brother get mad at him for. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna go to we're gonna go to it one of these days. I'm super excited for it. So my opinion is Red River rivalry. Shout out a long horns down for everybody.
2: <laughs> and what's your honorable mention, quick?
1: And my honorable mention is Yankees Red Sox. So this is just this is a rivalry that's lasted a long time, like as long as the Babe Ruth trade happened from the Red Sox to the Yankees. First of all, Red Sox so dumb for doing that, but it's just it's lasted so long, and there's always like. There's always fireworks between these two teams. Like, these two teams do not like each other. These fans do not like each other. There's always fights between fans you see, like, on YouTube. That happened all the time. And, like, there's always uh, intentionally thrown thrown balls at players and stuff like that. Like, A-Rod got decked numerous times against the Red Sox. You know, Ortiz, first of all, that's not a guy I'd want to deck, but they (laughs) they chose to do it. But, you know, uh, Roger Clemens would always get get mad. And uh, uh, Pedro Martinez is always in the stink of things. You know, all these different guys who are legends for these teams, they're like right in the middle of all these fights that are happening. So I think and fights don't happen as much in baseball as people might want. But there's almost always a fight when the Yankees and Red Sox play each other. So that's why I say Red River rivalry. Horns down forever is my. Number one, and the Yankees-Red Sox is my honorable mention. DJ, what do you got?
2: Yeah, so quickly on that, Yankees-Red Sox, and honestly, Texas-Oklahoma, great pick. I think that that rivalry is insane. Like, there's the It's literally two diehard fans matched up against each other. But the Yankees-Red Sox, my quick plug there, uh, it's just two franchises that have had a lot of success and a lot of Hall of Famers. And they are just, they're in the same division. They're always number one and number two. And like each side hates each other. And my goal was always to go to one of these games. And through WNAX out of South Dakota or Yankton, South Dakota, they do this baseball bus trip. I went on that and I got to go to a Yankees Red Sox game. CC Sabathi was on the hill for the Yankees. And it was just the entire, like, hands down, the best home crowd advantage is New York. The Red Sox are close. Don't get me wrong. I, Cause I've, I've been to both stadiums. The Red Sox are close, but man, it is like, it is the only one where it actually feels like a, like a high school game where like, there's a, not a high school, but more a high school basketball game where the, you can feel the crowd and it's just crazy. And there's just, if you haven't gone to one, you got to go to one if you're a baseball fan, because it's just two great franchises going at it. Uh, but for me, I'm a little biased on this one, Kyle, as you said, with your Oklahoma one, obviously but I'm a huge North Carolina fan. Uh, my Aunt Cindy is North Carolina fan from day one. She was big on Jordan and she's always loved North Carolina. Uh, and so from a young age, I was just like, oh, North Carolina is cool. Like, I'll ride with it. My brother also liked them. So just, you know, I was very influenced by the older people in my life. So I've always been a huge North Carolina fan. You got to get it out of the way that I'm not a bandwagoner. You know, I, I like them because other people in my life liked them when I was young. Um, <laughs> But I hate Duke. Duke's the worst. And so this rivalry, it doesn't really stretch across multiple sports like the Texas Oklahoma one definitely stretches across like all sports. Obviously, football is the most intense. uh, But Duke, North Carolina is just I guess maybe um, lacrosse is pretty intense between them. But the basketball rivalry is just it's got to be one of the best. Uh, It is just every game is like every game is madness. Like It's crazy. Just two – I mean, same with the Red Sox-Yankees. Two historic franchises who have had so many uh, just great players. I guess they're not really franchises, but just two historic programs and just so many great players. And, like, to make a top-10 player list, you got to edge somebody out that might be a Hall of Famer. It's crazy because there's just that many good players that have played. Um, so I love, I love that. And then for my honorable mention, I have to do what's actually probably – Worldwide, I think American wise, like just in the United States, the Yankees, Texas, and Duke are probably top, you know, top five out of all the rivalries in the United States. But for worldwide, Real Madrid and Barcelona, hands down, has to be the most intense rivalry. We had David Cardenas on, the guy who hugged Messi, and he agreed that, like, worldwide, Everyone is tuning in to the Real Madrid-Barcelona. So I think that has to be considered as one of the best rivalries. I just think in America, obviously, it's not as blown up or as important just because we don't like soccer for reasons unknown. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I was down in Honduras, and they were watching this game. Like, that's how important this game is to them. It's crazy. The poorest of the poor are watching this game. It's just absolutely nuts. But, no, I think those are four good ones. So we will tweet that out tomorrow or today. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, but yeah,
1: Kyle, should we get on to our favorite segment, buddy? Yes, we should, DJ. Mic drop. Me and DJ's just free pass to just rant about random stuff, whether it be in sports or in our lives. Uh, DJ, I'm going to bat lead off for this one. I like it. So, uh, excuse me, I uh, I coach AAU basketball, as you listeners at home know, and I coach a 15 U team and a sixth grade team. And I'm not a type of guy who likes to complain about the officials. I really, I really, really don't, because I know these referees are volunteers. They are the reason we have games going on in the first place. So I never, ever, ever like get on them. But this one incident, just it, it completely changed it for me because there was a referee during my 15 U game who was just being a jerk to me the entire game. I complained about one call and he hated me forever. Okay. Okay whatever but then all of a sudden my player clearly got fouled didn't say nothing to him because i told him not to and he gave him a dirty look and the ref took out his whistle and said if you want if you want to get calls don't give me dirty looks i'm not gonna he- i'm not gonna take it from you i looked at my player i said ignore him and i looked at the ref i said you do not talk to my player that way and the ref blew his whistle i said go ahead and team me up i know you want to go ahead ref goes no no no, no. i just want to talk to you he said he's giving me a dirty look. I'm not going to fall for it. I said, that gives you no right to talk to my player. And he goes, well, we can agree to disagree. I said, there's nothing to disagree on. You're wrong. And he goes, no, no, no. We can agree to disagree. I said, fine. Okay. Whatever. So you are a, a 40 maybe 50 year old man. And you're mad that a high schooler gave you a dirty look like, come on, dude, there's, there's so much more to be worried about. When you're, when you're an official, and it's an AU basketball, for crying out loud. These kids are not out here to get into the NBA. They're trying to get better so they can get noticed by college people, if they so choose to, or they're just trying to make new friends. And you're really going to get mad at him for giving him a dirty look? I would rather get ejected from a game than have a referee talk to my player the way that guy did. If you are an official and you officiate aau games and you talk to a player like that or you try to make the game about you you are just flat out selfish
2: preach kyle i you always do well in your mic drops and this is another good one and i just don't make bad calls and secondly if you're gonna be a ref you gotta have thick skin like we heard Brandon Kugel talk about how the parents yell the the refs. Like, you got to have thick skin. A player gave you a dirty look, and that's going to get underneath your skin. Maybe call the foul. Like, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, even as a ref, I feel like you got to be willing to work with coaches. Like, you know, as a coach, you brought it up to him, like, hey, man, you've seen this. You know, they're camping in the lane. That's three seconds. Like, I, what, am, what am I supposed to do? He's just, you know, you can bring things to his attention and it, you can. it's a give and take relationship. You know, you're working with him, like, hey, man, I just want you to watch this. Like, he, that guy's reaching every time. Like, and the, you know, but you're not, you ne- you're never like calling him out in front of everybody. You know, you're always respectful about it. And then when you like try to be respectful about it and then they get super disrespectful. To you, you're just like, wait, what? Like, why am I being respectful? Like I could be disrespectful too. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right.
1: Exactly. And that's, and that's why I told the guy, I was trying to be respectful with him all the time. Like the the call he was mad about was my guy clearly got pushed and he called him for a travel. I said, that's it. I said, he got pushed and he, and he yelled at me in front of everybody, your own guy hit him. And I said, if you're, and I just let it go. But then, like I said, I don't care if you if a referee gets on me. I have thick skin. I can take it. And that's what my job being a coach. But if you are an AAU official and you yell at a high school player, first of all, if, if if they're yelling at you or cussing at you, then tee them up. They deserve that. But giving you a dirty look?
2: Yeah. Like, w- what? Do you want them to say something instead? Would you rather be like, what the hell? Or something? You're like, w- w- like, right. of course... Is he just supposed to be emotionless? Like, is he supposed to be like Kawhi Leonard out there? <laughs> I
0: mean. Yeah,
1: and, 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 I, and I knew the referee was mad, which is why I gave him full permission. I said, go ahead and team me up. I know you want to. He blew his whistle. I thought he was going to. I thought I was going to get my first technical as a coach, which I hate because I don't like getting technicals because I know how good the officials, like, try to be and how they are to the game and stuff like that. But I thought me just saying, hey, go ahead and give me a technical, maybe get him to calm down. But he was just pissed off the entire game. Ticked off, Sorry. But come on,
2: Kyle, I it's a know. clean I, family show. I got
1: to be better than that. <laughs> but uh, that's my mic drop, DJ. I can go on about it forever. So I'm going to cut myself off. I know you got a really good mic drop that I agree with you on. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, so I, I don't even know how to really go about mine without offending people. Uh, but that's today's age, right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the thing that I don't understand is with our generation, is when someone gets their covid vaccine they decide to post it on all social media's like we're talking instagram snapchat like twitter i mean it's ridiculous some social media post that they got their vaccine and i is it a flex so me and david cardenas the guy we were talking about he was on the show he hugged messi he's a famous famous guy but not really famous Anyway, he and me were talking a while back and like I, he was saying, he, I think he tweeted about it or something. And I was like, dude, I don't understand. Like, is it a flex or like, why is everyone post? Is it like, I know it's been a tough year for everyone. I, I know it sucked. I know our lives have been ruined for a year because we've been, you know, not been able to do what we want to do. But how, like, I just don't get why posting that. On social media is like, I just don't get it. Like, get your COVID shot or COVID vaccine or whatever, and then you can go live a normal life. I just, it's just annoying when every day I check a Snap story and someone's posted that they got their COVID vaccine. Like, it's just, it's like buying a, a Patek or like, some nice watch or buying a new car or something. I, I don't get it. And I don't know why everyone thinks it's like the coolest. Thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it just annoys me that every day I see one of those stupid cards. Like, cool. You got your vaccine. Congratulations. Like, do you want a cookie? You're a part of society and you, you did something to make society better. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. I like, is someone going to reply? I just, uh, I'm, I'm done, Kyle. I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you, DJ. And like I said, I give full props to those that do get the vaccine. You know, I'm fully vaccinated myself. But I also, like, understand why people might be wary about it. So, like, I – it's – to me, like, I remember when I got it right away, my girlfriend said to me, you're not going to be one of those that uh, posts that on social media. (laughs) Yes. I'm just like, no, no, I'm not. But uh, I guess to to each their own and stuff like that. But you getting that shot isn't saying – I'm a better person is just saying that you're trying to, you know, help a cause that's that basically affected us for a long, long time. But like I said, I get the people that don't want to get the vaccine as well. So it, it it goes both ways to be honest. And and I agree with you, DJ. I don't know if it's a flex and I'm not trying to offend anyone that's done. it. I know a lot of people who got the vaccine and posted a, a, their picture with it, like I said, to each your own, but I'm not sure what you're trying to prove by doing it.
2: Yeah. And it, right away i was like okay this person's vaccinated now can i hang out with them or like what is it telling me and then after like months of just multiple multiple people posting i'm just like what what is going on like is this just like winning an oscar or something like we just gotta let everyone know that i'm vaccinated i'm clean everyone else is a leper like what 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 uh it was just ridiculous and like i said if you get it i have no beef with you getting it it's just like posting on social medias why i just it seems like you're are you better than us or something i don't get it but i'm done i'm cutting myself off kyle i hear you got some
1: stats for us dj i got a crazy one for you so my crazy start of the week is brought to you by muddy bites you know dj it's starting to get nice outside starting to get really really hot you and i Grew up in the ice cream capital world. Just loved, 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 loved ice cream. And one of the most underrated ice cream treats is a champ cone. And the best part of the champ cone, without a question, is the end of the champ cone with just the chocolate in the cone. It's delicious. That's all Muddy Bites is. End of the champ cone in in a bag. You can get a five-pack on MuddyBites.com. Order yours today. It is absolutely delicious. So, DJ, my crazy stat of the week. This actually happened while we were recording last Tuesday. So the Phoenix Suns are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Suns opened as 11-point favorites. The game went into OT. So anybody who bet the Suns are like, oh, great, we're, to- we're toast. It's going OT. There's no way this covers. The Phoenix Suns still covered in-, in OT. They became the first double-digit favorite that went into OT and covered in over 30 years.
2: i um... Believable. Just imagine being a Cleveland. Like if you bet on Cleveland plus eleven, you're just hoping the Suns hit a three or a two or something or win the game. It goes OT. You're like, oh no, like we we should be fine in OT, but we could have. We just almost won it in regulation and then did not cover. Oh my gosh, that that would just hurt my soul. I'd have to take a day off from betting. That's for sure.
1: Cleveland, they they didn't even score in overtime. They held them scoreless for five minutes. Oh, so that's bad. Like if bad. you could score like like one basket, even like you'd still cover. But they didn't score at all in that overtime.
2: That's yeah. That you don't deserve to cover at that point. But you almost covered in regulation. So ah, uh, I don't know. I'm twisted. I don't I don't know what to choose on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, DJ, you got a little a uh, little pro betting tip that not a lot of viewers at home may know about.
2: Yeah, so DJ's Pro Betting Tips sponsored by Looch Farms. Great steak come from Happy Cattle. And Happy Cattle, well, they come from Looch Farms. And the reason why they're happy is because we treat them with love. We give them names. We pet them. You know, we, we go the extra mile to make sure that they're living as well as they can. Uh, and you know, the, the steaks are delicious. I got a freezer full. I got my buddies up in <laughs> Johnston. A-Long, you know A-Long and JT. Uh, they have a massive freezer, so I store a ton of meat at their place and it's yeah they have a grill they cook the meat i store the meat it's a win-win um but yeah loot farms meat is the best but yeah i want to talk about a betting strategy today it's called middling uh and basically what middling is is it's essentially a riskless bet uh but what you would automatically eat is the juice so i'll try to explain it as quickly and as easily as possible uh so let's say you bet an over at We'll go, we'll go MLB, nah, MLB is not realistic. We'll go NBA over. Let's say you bet at 220. Well, then a ton of money comes in and it bumps all the way up to 225. Now you bet the under. And by doing that, you guarantee that one of those bets is going to hit. Either the over of 220 is going to hit or the under 225. One of them has to hit. And in doing that, you're automatically choosing to go one and one. And then what you're leaving yourself is that four-point middling territory. And if you hit in the middle of that, you hit both bets. Uh, And what it does is it reduces your risk, and basically, like, worst-case scenario, you lose 10% for the juice. You're assuming minus 110. Uh, Best-case scenario, you land in the middle, and you hit both bets. Uh, And so it's very good if you're live betting. Not a lot of times you bet on a spread, and it jumps a lot. But if you do, and it moves the right way, you can always try and middling. Uh, I've not had much success betting on something, the line moving a crazy amount. And then I bet the opposite. I've never had, success, but live betting I have, uh, you know, you bet the over and they're just scoring an absolute ton. And so then you bet the under live bet and you guarantee. And then like, so like I've had it where I bet the over, they've scored a ton and the like live bet over under is like 20 points higher than what I originally got it at. So I bet the under, I have a 20 point spread to hit the middle Uh, And it really provides a good strategy. Like I said, it's not easy to do. You got to be paying attention. You got to be watching your games, Uh, but it does. It does provide a security and basically um, not riskless profit because you are going to lose 10 percent if it doesn't hit. Uh, But it kind of covers yourself on both ends. And it's it's a good betting strategy to deploy. I love doing it. I just don't get many opportunities. Uh, so I think explaining to people that like you can bet one side you can do with over or covers, too. So you bet a team, let's say you bet a team minus seven um, and then they're, you know, huge dogs or and it goes the other way. And the other teams plus, you know, or no, they start winning a ton, actually. So they're minus seven. They're, they're winning a ton. Now the other team is plus, let's say, like 20 or, or plus 18. You bet the other team plus 18. Now, regardless, one of those bets is going to hit. And you have almost a what eleven point point the spread that you can hit the middle of, um, so yeah, it's definitely not easy, but it's definitely an advanced betting strategy that I would recommend trying out if you can. Uh, but yeah, let's Kyle. I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you
1: last week. Do we have a winner on our home run pick'em? I'm sure you listed at Homer and be surprised. Nope, we don't. Uh, Mitch Haniger, no home runs. Christian Walker. No home runs, so the series is tied at zero, zero, and six. Somehow, (laughs)
2: sorry, somehow that is impressive that we've gone zero, zero, and six. Like it almost seems impossible to tie multiple six weeks in a row. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I, I just, I don't know, Kyle. Are we just an anomaly with this or what?
1: It, it's, it's so hard to do. And if you listeners at home seem to think that this is something easy absolutely at me and dj give us a player and you join the contest with us and you and we'll see how you do in this contest it's so tough
2: uh yeah it's like if my guy's gonna hit two home runs kyle's guy's gonna hit two home runs if my guy's gonna hit one like it's i just i'd be okay with losing if it means one of us wins like it's right it's ridiculous but let's get on to our daily fantasy baseball player so kyle chose Chris Bryant out of the Cubs. I chose Christian Walker. I really did not do my research last week. Christian Walker is having a terrible year. And I almost beat Kyle this week, who had KB, who has been having a great year. But, of course, Kyle chose him, so he had a bad week. KB had 30.6 points. Christian Walker had 28 points, so Kyle edges me out by 2.6 points. Uh, Last week, Kyle had Nick Castellanos, who had 75.7 points. I had Jared Walsh who had 78.1 points. Uh, our season highs currently are you, Guriel. Goriel, I never pronounce it right. And he's going to be our season high for a while. So, but that was who, my player one week and he had 117.3. So almost what four or five, no, probably seven times, probably even more, but anyway, seven times what me and Kyle did this week. Um, and, then our season low is Corey Seager at 24.2 points. Uh, currently, I'm leading the series 3-2. I was leading it 3-1 last week, but Kyle got the dub this week. So, Kyle, picks are in. What do you got for this week? Your home run picker and your daily fantasy.
1: So, DJ, I'm going to stick with the, the KB train. They're playing the Tigers this week, and the Tigers pitching staff is by far the worst in Major League Baseball. I think he's going to finally break through for me. Is he probably going to because I picked him? No, but I still think it's wor- worth a shot. So my home run picker, I'm going to take Chris Bryan again.
2: Smart. I like then, it. Go Cubs, baby.
1: Yes, sir. And then for uh, my next pick for the my daily fantasy sports, I have chose this guy earlier this year for my home run pick him just to see if he could hit a home run, and he didn't until that Tuesday. But he's playing the Rays, and he's just – all season long, he's been – the guy for the Yankees, uh, 292 batting average. Uh, he has 24 RBIs and nine home runs. So I think he'll have a pretty good series against the Rays. I think when they play in their division, they do. He does really, really solid. So for my daily fantasy sports player, I'm going to take John Carlos Stanton.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. Hopefully he hits some dingers for you. I mean, that's 12 points every dinger. Uh, yeah, so I did a lot more research this time because I was very upset that I chose Christian Walker last time. I don't know what I thought. I could have chosen like 12 different Diamondback players and they would have won the week for me. But anyway, all that aside, I'm going with a guy who started out the season real cold and he started to get a little hot and I, I think he's going to get stay hot. He's playing the Orioles, I think, for a couple games. Uh, so I'm gonna ride the wave, but I'm going with for both my home run hitter and my daily fantasy player. I'm going with Michael Conforto out Ooh, of the New okay. York Mets. Yep, I'm using I'm using what I would consider kind of a big dog. I mean, he's not he's not elite, but uh, he definitely can hit dingers. And like I said, he started out really cold. He's got two dingers. I think he's gonna start warming up. I, I expect a big week. So yeah, I am big on Michael
1: Conforto. Okay, re- really, really quick. I just got a notification that Chris Bryant. Left the game because he was feeling sick. Am I allowed to change my pick? Yes. On the – okay. Really, really good. Okay, give me just a moment.
2: Imagine if he was out with COVID and you just – Conforto hits one home run and we get our first winner
1: of, that, because of <laughs> – That would not be good. Uh, You know what, DJ? The The heck with it. You and I have been saying we're going to – we're going to save our big dogs. We're done with that. We got to have a home run hitter. I'm taking Mike Trout for my home run leader.
2: Hey. Home run let's go. And the first big dog has been played for the home run hitters. Mike Trout. Um, yeah, no, I, this will be an interesting matchup and we'll see. But let's go into our final segment before we get our awesome guest picker on today. Our mortal lock talk. Uh, as you guys all know, me and Kyle have our gambling feud Twitter account. And we post five bets a day and once a week, we get to use a thing we call the mortal lock and it is either worth five wins or five losses. It's kind of like a five unit play. Whereas all of our other plays are just one unit essentially. Uh, so yeah, Kyle, why don't you lead off? What's your last mortal lock since the last podcast? How did it go? What happened? Break it down for us.
1: Sure. DJ. So I used my mortal lock on the Grizzlies minus three against the Timberwolves. Uh, just the Timberwolves have been really, really bad this year, but yet somehow they just destroyed the magic. So they're kind of a a really confusing team, but I just saw this as a minus three. This is, they'll cover that fairly, fairly easily, I thought. And it's going to be a home run. I'm going to get five, uh, five wins easily. I did get five wins, but the Grizzlies end up winning by four. So... I, I I took what I could, I could get. I was sweating a little bit, but that's still covered. So I did have a successful mortal lock this week.
2: Yeah. So I got to, I think Saturday it was, and I needed to pick. And basically the Flyers had beaten the Capitals the game before, embarrassed them the game before. Uh, And so now they're playing, I think, both with backup goalies and the Capitals backup goalie could be a starter on most other teams. Uh, And so I was riding with the Capitals. They were a decent amount of juice. I want to say minus 175. Uh, But I just knew they weren't losing two in a row to the Flyers. We saw the Flyers literally earlier that week destroyed the Pittsburgh Penguins and then the next night get destroyed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I was thinking same scenario. Uh, Fast forward into the game about a minute left caps caps are down one zero and i'm just i'm sweating man i knew it wasn't looking good i'd already been struggling this month and somehow the capitals sneak a goal in in the last minute they pull the they pull the goal get the extra attacker out there and they get a goal couldn't believe it tied it up went to ot my caps won and so i got the mortal lock victory it was ugly uh, but I got the job done and I knew they would win. I just didn't think it would be that that gross. But yeah. So both one and oh on Mortal Locks as of the last week. I think I'm one and
1: one on the month. Are you two and oh on the month? Two and oh on the month. So wow. DJ, DJ you and I are think people need to start riding our wave. You and I are at the top of the, the leaderboard by far. I think everyone else is either negative or fairly close to negative, but you and I are. Still fairly towards the top. So continue to ride this wave. I know the other cappers will start to catch up to us eventually, but right now just continue this wave that me and DJ are going on. I think we got something good going.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think that if push came to shove and we had to compete against somebody, I, I believe in both of us. I mean, we're competing against each other every month, and it's intense. And, you know, we're used to that level of having to rise to the competition. Uh, so I think we're we're ready. And, I I was just like a little plug. I know that some days me and Kyle don't get to look at lines as much as we wish, uh, you know, work and all that stuff. And so, you know, we just have to kind of force up some bets. We have to look through the lines and just throw out five of them. Uh, But other days, like this last Saturday, I was able to do, sit down and do, you know, 45 minutes worth of research on every single game looking for the best. And I ended up in the Coda Capper contest. I ended up going uh, six and one. And in the gambling feud contest, I went four and one. I mean, just had a massive day. And then the next couple of days, I just quickly shot up, you know, 10 bets. It was like, ah, we'll we'll ride these. Did not go well. But when push comes to shove, when me and Kyle, when the accountant and the finance guy are doing their research, I I promise we will beat you. Uh, So if you want to challenge us, bring it on. But we ain't going to be like B-Russ. We ain't going to be at the bottom of the list. Uh, but we are going to give B Russ his redemption chance, and it's kind of a little lead forward transition to our next guest pickem segment. But
1: let's let's move on to the guest pickem segment, shall we?
2: Yes. And our next segment, the guest pickem, sponsored by Pitchfork Egg. Pitchfork Egg is your local Lamar's lawnmower and just kind of all your lawn care needs. Uh, they got a store uh, in the old Walmart, if you know the area. Uh, and yeah, you can head in there and they will either fix your mower or they will get you a new one. They got weed whackers, leaf blowers. I mean, they got the works. Uh, if you can talk to Randy, as I will say on every podcast, you are blessed because he is just one interesting fella. Uh, but yeah, Pitchfork Gag, uh, you know, family owned. I know all three of Mike's boys work forum and it's a just a great company though they they treat you right which is you know kind of a rare thing in today's day and age but let's get on to our elite eight standings as me and Kyle have mentioned multiple times uh kind of the end of this 2021 year we're gonna have an elite eight of the top eight guests that we've had on competing in a contest for a prize that is TBD It's gonna be some monetary value maybe some free souvenirs or something Uh, But for sure, some sort of monetary value. Uh, And so our Elite Eight standings right now, in first place, Alex Long at 10.6 units. Soup is in second place at 8.1 units. Tyler DeVos, the founder of Muddy Bites, at 4.38 units. Brody Carr, an avid Hawks fan, 3.74 units. He's in fourth place. Lucas Parker, the author, the writer of our intro song is in fifth place at 2.39 units. Tyler Paulson is in sixth place at 2.3 units. David Cardenas, the uh, guy who once hugged Messi on Soldier Field, at 2.14 units, he's in seventh place. And then Brennan Kugel at .53 units, he's in eighth place. And today we have someone who's going to try and get in the Elite Eight. He's a former capper. Uh, he is all over the Twitter world. If you have about less than 50 followers, you are all all about this guy. You are just constantly getting into it with him. But Kyle, who do we got today?
1: Yeah, DJ, we got a really, really interesting character. You and I have gotten to know him pretty well throughout these past few months being a capper. Him and our buddy Pace actually started the of cappers. It was just the two of them before he b and dj got on but we're really excited to have him on today we have brandon russell brandon how are we doing today buddy
3: fantastic just got off work gonna you know make a nice plate of spaghetti leftover spaghetti here when we're done with this haven't eaten dinner yet so i'm ready to ready to rock and roll ready to whoop soup's ass
1: all right all right yeah he's uh he's got some beef with just some friendly beef with soup unlike some other characters uh, I got beef
3: with everybody everybody's snakes it's keep the keep the grass cut everybody's a bunch of snakes soup snake toast snake
1: so I guess I had other questions before that but I just want to dive dive right into it so your first i guess official you've had a lot of beef I'm sure with a lot of people but toast was the first one just as a burner to come at you i guess and now he's like he's a capper and he said in our last show that he wants a rematch and uh he thinks he deserves it i know you and him kind of had a little debate on twitter but i guess i we want to give you a chance to defend yourself and do a rebuttal so go ahead what do you got for toast
3: what at what point does he think he needs one like i beat him by like 20 units in the last one he doesn't you know i like i said on uh the mount lockmore podcast last week i'm not a trilogy guy i'm not a rematch guy he if you know, if I would have lost, I wouldn't be, you know, coming back uh, asking for rematches. He lost. That's the way it is. Hold the L. Um, go about your day. You, you were the worst uh, gambler. And uh, yeah, that's that's that.
1: And uh, I, on the Mount Lockmore podcast, you said and I do quote, he is the Rico Bosco of of the Coda Cappers. Talk a little bit about that. I love that comparison. How is he?
3: I mean, that that's the perfect comparison, right? Like he's this, no, he has no face behind him. He's just like for eight years, Rico Bosco was this guy that nobody knew who he was big cat brought him in. And, you know, he's given picks and then he disappears. And, you know, so we toast comes at me. If I don't tweet at him, toast isn't the toast that we know of today, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I love getting in the weeds, so it is what it is, and he, uh, you know, he has no face, he's just this guy that has, you know, used us to climb up, and, you know, you know, before you know it, he'll be, you know, running his own podcasts, and all this different stuff, and radio shows, just like Rico, so, you know, there's a bright future ahead for Toast, if it, re- it's not a bad comparison, Rico's, I like Rico, but, you know that's just the literally the first thing that came to my mind and i thought that couldn't be a better comparison
1: and, and it really isn't a good comparison now mind you be Russ, I, I am a i am a writer i'm gonna just throw that out there
3: i mean we're all right everybody's writer let's i mean let's not kid ourselves we're all we're all writers but i mean you know miko bosco sometimes is is uh you know that's that's what he's referred to i mean he's dropped out of the does the dozen trivia contest you know he's you know sometimes it's just all me, 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 you know, it's never about the, never about the team.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, one thing I was going to mention too, another uh, Twitter beef you have is toast friend Otis and you had probably (laughs) the funniest tweet when you said he looks like a toe. I laughed so hard at it, but I guess what's your response to Otis just coming at you out of nowhere all of a sudden?
3: It's the put it, put a name to a face, man, or a, yeah put a name to a face you know you're not i don't say you putting picks out here and putting your face on them so what what are we doing here otis can he was retired for like a week and then he comes back and he's 4-0 and he thinks he's the greatest you know picker of all time but you know it's he's a snake snakes in the grass man that's all it is
1: need some need a lawnmower in that grass i need an i
3: need a lawnmower keep the grass short
1: I like I like it, B Russ. Uh, so one question I was kind of curious about, and I, I sincerely like have known you and Pace for a few months now. I haven't known this. How so? You being a a West Virginia alum and Pace being a North Dakota State alum, how did you two like meet and get to know each other?
3: So I moved out to the uh, Black Hills, in oh, it was October of 2019. I started working at the rec center just to you know pick up a job and. Pace had mentioned something about, uh, you know, starting like a lunchtime pickup, you know, basketball thing. And, you know, that's really where it, where it started, me and him and another buddy of ours are, uh, started playing basketball. We were doing three-on-three basketball, and then everything kind of hit the fan, and he moved back to, you know, Fargo. And, uh, you know, I'm still here, and we just kind of stayed in touch. And he brought this to me at the near the end of last year, like November-ish. And I was like, absolutely, I'm, I'm in. Uh, great idea. I wanted to get on, on board with it. You know, once uh, South Dakota legalized sports gambling, um, so you know, just grinding away. And you know, it's something that we're both passionate about. I know you guys are passionate about it, and we just want to, you know, as as the kids say, take it, take it to the moon.
1: Yes, ab- absolutely. And- and I will say, I know you and Pace do listen to our podcast. We appreciate it. Me and DJ definitely listen. I'm an avid Mount Lockmore listener, so we definitely support each other. Um, I gotta ask, you're Jackrabbits, man. You became a you became a South Dakota State fan just this year. You wanted to become a FCS like or like a like a South Dakota South Dakota State fan. You chose South Dakota State. What a great year to become a South Dakota State fan.
3: I mean, I'm not going to take all the credit for, you know, the Jacks getting to their first national championship game, but I'm not, not going to take credit, you know. Uh, this first year I become a fan and they're already – they're playing for the national championship. They never made it there before. I mean, it you can't write that book. You can't write that script any better, you know.
1: Yeah, you really can. I think South Dakota State fans need to be – Thankful that B Russ came aboard, and
3: I'll, I don't want a statue outside the stadium, but I will take a banner Ooh. or a part of the or a part of the campus named
1: after me or something, you know. All right, we will get in touch with some South Dakota State people and try and see if we can make that happen for you, B Russ. Yeah,
3: I'll, I have one guy I know that went to South Dakota State. I'll let him know, and he can, you know, relay that message to the higher ups in Brookings.
1: There, there, there you go. So, uh, B Russ, I know. Me and DJ know really well, and quite a few other cappers know really well. But for the listeners at home that may not know you nearly as well, what are, like, outside of South Dakota State, like we mentioned, but what sports teams do you uh, root for?
3: So I grew up in Ohio. So you would think, like, I'm either a Cincinnati or a, you know, Cleveland guy, and that's – for the most part, that's true. I've never been a Browns fan. Um, I don't mind the Browns, but I just – my dad grew up a Raiders fan. So I've been a Raiders fan my whole life, been a tough, tough struggle being a Raiders fan for the last 20, 20 years. Um, and then obviously what being a West Virginia alum, I'm a, you know, West Virginia guy through and through, and then it's Cle- Cleveland, Cleveland, uh, Cavs, Indians, uh, and then blue jackets, Columbus, uh, Columbus crew, all that. So, you know, just uh, I got a lot, a lot of fire, a lot of irons in the fire. It seems like sometimes, but it doesn't, doesn't really pay off too much being a fan of my teams. It's uh, it's tough.
1: <laughs> you, you got yourself a, a championship in 2016 with the Cavaliers. I've, I've
3: thought about this a lot. Like 2016 was hands down the greatest year of my uh, sports fandom. And, you know, DJ's flashing his Cubs Jersey right now. Indians handled them tonight, whatever, uh, You know, (laughs) Cavs won a title in 2016. Uh, The Raiders went to the playoffs for the first time in like 13, 14 years. Uh, The Indians were one game away from winning the World Series. Uh, West Virginia was like 10 and 2. I think they went to like the Sweet 16 in basketball too. So 2016 was really just like the pinnacle of my sports fandom, and it's just gone downhill ever since then.
1: But it's definitely a year to look back on BRS. You gotta remember. Oh, for that. sure,
3: I, th- that Cavs championship will live in my like. Was probably the happiest I've ever been, and Cavs are like my pride fourth or fifth on the totem pole. So it's right. like West Virginia. If West Virginia were to win a national championship, I might I would probably set a couch on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Now I remember when uh when me and DJ did the random poll about what's the the best sports call and like sports history and it's, like mine come on, was blocked, come on. blocked by James and yeah, absolutely blocked by James it's not even close and I'm like why would Bera say that and then I remembered he was a Cavs fan
3: blocked by James Iguodala to Curry back to Iguodala for the layup oh blocked by I'm getting goosebumps just repeating it oh my goodness oh it, it was you're absolutely me, you're, me yeah, you're gonna get so, me going you get me going
1: Cleveland quick, is a
3: city of you- champions once again oh whoo Start crying.
1: Be first, DJ. This could be the first guest we have that cries on our on our show. Uh, real quick, though, be before we dive into the games. Uh, you obviously have been, you know, in the gambling world a little while, a little bit. But why don't you talk to us about like how your gambling, uh, sports gambling history kind of started, and if there's any like particular like sports that you like to gamble on.
3: Uh, I go back and forth on like sports that I gamble. I was thinking about this the other day. Cause me and Pace were talking about WNBA on the podcast. And the first game I ever, <laughs> I ever bet on was the a WNBA game. It was like the storm. And uh, I think it was the, not the fever, the mystics were playing in the like game five of the WNBA finals. I was like storm all the way. We're rolling with it. I'd like just started. I think this was like 2018. So I've been doing it for a few years. Uh, off and on, I'll go, you know, it depending on how I'm doing. Obviously, now I got to kind of keep it up. But when I was cold, I'd go, I could go months without playing. But, uh, you know, uh, big hockey guy. Obviously, I've been, you know, stayed away from it. I haven't watched it that much with the Blue Jackets sucking. They, uh, you know, are a disappointment. So I've just been staying away from hockey. Baseball, I love, you know, there's just so many different things you can bet on in baseball. But I mean, everybody's favorite is football, right? Like that's just that's what it is. It's you know, Raiders are in Las Vegas now, so uh, just being able to if you can, if I could go to a game and like sit there and gamble like on the game, like what's going to happen on this play, that that's that's where it's at, right there.
1: Absolutely, Bres. Absolutely, uh, DJ. Do you have anything you want to say to Bres before we dive into the games? Uh,
2: no, I mean, I'm glad that he sees my W flag, my Cubs jersey, my Cubs hat. Put that away. We're not
3: flying that today.
2: (laughs) I wore it just for him. Uh, but no, I mean, it's all love, baby. It's all love. Uh, I, I love LeBron James, so I'm glad we finally get someone on the podcast who also loves LeBron James. Um, but no, I mean, I'm excited to get into some games. And as I mentioned earlier, if you've gambled for any amount of time, you've gone on a cold streak. So with all these snakes coming at B-Russ, you're going to go. Man. Yeah, you're going to go through a cold streak at any point in time. And when it mattered, when it mattered, when it was playoff time and mm-hmm. B-Russ had to face Toast for the worst gambler, B-Russ showed out, and I think that's what matters. That's that's mm-hmm. what I think. So
3: Big time. I'm just big shot Bob, man. That's what is. I'm Robert <laughs> Ori. I just come through when, when i needed the most, you know.
2: Oh yeah, all respect, right there. I mean, anybody can, anyone can do
1: well during the regular season, but when postseason yeah. comes, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what—that's when you step up. So exactly. Yep. And again, before we dive into some picks, again, you know, obviously we had toast on, and him and B Russ have kind of made up a little bit, but Otis can go kick sand. Me and DJ are big Team B Russ guys, so we're we're ready to roll with you, B Russ.
3: I appreciate that. I'm ready to roll too.
1: All right, so let's. Let's dive into some games real quick. So b has kind of got the rundown, but basically how the pick goes is he gets five units per game. He can uh, divvy out those units however he chooses to. He can do three in the money line, two in the over-under, one on the spread, or he can use five units on one game. He also doesn't have to use all five units if he doesn't choose to. And obviously if there's no line set, he can absolutely change it if he – this decides to his picks on the show are not final me and dj always give them one last chance to change their picks before it does become final so that is how we're going to do the guest pick them uh let's dive into a little nba to start our guest pick them we got a good game uh tonight at eight thirty on espn between the trailblazers and the jazz this is the third matchup of the season the jazz won. Are leading the series 2 0. They won their first matchup 120 to 100 and their second matchup 122 to 103. No line is quite set for this game. When they played back in April 8th at Utah, the line was Jazz minus five and a half and an over under at 233. A uh, couple injuries to note uh, for the Trail Blazers, Carmelo Anthony is day to day with an ankle injury. He's questionable for the game against the Jazz. And for the Jazz, obviously, Donovan Mitchell out with an ankle injury and Mike Conley out with a hamstring injury. So just some injuries to note when uh, selecting your picks, but uh, DJ, let's dive into some trends real quick here about this game.
2: Yeah. So against the spread this season, Portland is 35 and 34. They are a very impressive 21 and 13 on the road against the spread Uh, six and four in their last 10, the jazz are 39 and 30 against the spread this season. And again, a very impressive 23 and 12 against the spread at home. Uh, They are four and six in their last 10. And I would attribute that to Conley and Donovan Mitchell being out. They've struggled to cover the spread recently. Now, over unders, Portland is 37 and 32 at hitting the over, 21 and 13 at hitting the over on road games, six and four in their last 10. The Jazz are 33 and 35 and one at hitting the over this season. 16 and 19 at home, six and four in their last 10. Uh, Kyle, a lot of stars on the court as any NBA game would feature, but who are you looking out for in
1: this game? DJ, for the Trailblazers, Dame Lillard is having a really, really solid season this year. Uh, 28.6 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 7.6 assists. He's putting on an absolute show for these Trailblazers. And for the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson's been a surprise for him. The Jazz have continued to be fairly solid as lately and he's came off the bench but now with conley out he's been starting uh 17.7 points per game and 4.0 rebounds uh to get things started first of all an over under of 233 i don't see having any chance in hell happening with mellow donovan mitchell and conley being out i don't think that's going to be the case but just without a spread I think the move here personally with Mitchell and Conley out is to go Trailblazers money line.
2: Kyle, you're preaching my language, buddy. Yeah. So, quick note like you said, I think this over under will be a lot lower, probably around the 220 mark, maybe low 220, so 224 ish. Uh, but the spread will probably be pretty close around that minus five range for the Jazz. Uh, but I, I got a ride with Portland. Uh, they, they've been great at covering on the road. They suck at home, which is embarrassing, but they're not playing at home. They're playing on the road. The Jazz have also done really well at covering at home. Uh, but they've just struggled without Conley and Donovan Mitchell, two great guards. I mean, Mitchell plays great defense and offense. Uh, so I'm actually, if Mellow plays, because he's obviously just an integral part, as my bias would say, is I'm a huge Mellow guy. Uh, but no, I think the Trailblazers. I think it, I think it's Dame time. It's it's Dame time, and he's gonna light it up. And I think yeah, I think they cover. Do they win? I don't know, but I think they cover. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got. B Russ, what do you think, buddy?
3: Um, so I got two uh, plays on this one. Are we we diving into just numbers now, or are we? Whatever
2: you want, buddy. Just okay, yep. Tell okay, us what you so got. <laughs> I, I
3: pulled it up. I got Port, Portland's uh, plus four and a half. Right now, uh, just opened up. Uh, that's about the only number I have right now. I love Portland. I think that they, the Jazz, struggled the other night with against Steph Curry and a bunch of you know uh, G League players. Uh, they lost to them. So I mean, between Dame and CJ and Nurkic, I think that they get it done. I'm putting two and a half on Portland plus four and a half and two and a half on Portland Moneyline. line as well
1: okay i I like that i don't know if we've had anybody that's done spread and money line split in half have we
2: not split in half and he didn't mention Melo as one of the star players for portland but i'm gonna allow it as a slide um he's not
1: playing he's
3: out so you know i mean
2: he's debatably out he's day to day
3: if he was playing then it'd be like i'd take portland minus i'd do an alternate line of portland like minus 15 (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i'm talking about (sighs) underappreciated mellow is i'm glad
2: someone sees it because people don't realize that Mello almost went to new york instead of going to miami he was debating whether lebron almost went to new york instead of miami And he was debating. And if he had went to New York, Melo would be looked at like D-Wade, and D-Wade would be looked at like Mello. But whatever. It's all in the past. He's one of the best isolation scorers ever to play the game. You heard it here first. But, Kyle, before I get on a I love Mello rant, as I got his jersey hanging up on my wall from Syracuse, let's move on to the next game.
1: All right, DJ, let's do it. So uh, let's transition from NBA to MLB. So we got an interesting matchup in the NL Central tonight at 640 on ESPN between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Uh, this is the fifth matchup of the season. Brewers lead the series two to one. The fourth game is being played as we record. Uh, the line right now has Milwaukee favorite at minus 150 and St. Louis at plus 135 and an over under at seven. Uh, DJ, do you want to dive into a little uh, probable pictures and some trends?
2: Yeah, so quick score update the Brewers are up 1 0 in the top of the eighth right now. Uh, so anything can happen. But yeah, so we got John Gantt, who has two 2 3 record with a 2.15 ERA. He has 25 strikeouts and 29 and a third innings. Uh, and Brewers hitters are 8 of 27. So a very small sample size, but that is a 296 batting average with three runs. And then John Gant's record when he plays against the Brewers, he's 0-2 with a 4.61 ERA, a 1.83 whip. His team record is 0-3, and the under is 3-0. Recent performance for John, he gave up one run uh, in four and a third innings against the Mets. He had five strikeouts and a whopping six walks. I don't know how you do it. Uh, And then his second-to-last start, he gave up one run, five innings, two strikeouts, five walks against the Pirates. Uh, And then his third-to-last start, he gave up no runs in six innings with five strikeouts and surprisingly only two walks against the Reds. Uh, And then the Brewers have Brandon Woodruff, who's been around for what feels like forever. He's having a pretty solid year. He's got a 2-1 record, a 1.73 ERA 51 Ks in 41 and two third innings. Uh, The Cardinal hitters are 14 of 75. So a very solid sample size there, which is a one eight, seven batting average. They've scored eight runs. Uh, His record when he plays the Cardinals three and one with a 2.45 ERA 1.013 whip. His team record three and one and the under is two and one. Uh, His recent performance, he's given up one run in six and two thirds uh, with 11 strikeouts and two walks against the Phillies, two runs in six innings, seven strikeouts against the Dodgers. And then he shut out the Cubs, zero earned runs in six innings with eight strikeouts. Uh, And then some just trends for the team wise. Uh, The Cardinals are 21 and 14 on the season. They're nine and six on the road. 16 and 12 against right-handed pitching five and two in their last seven, eight and four in division play. The Brewers 19 and 16 on the season, eight and eight at home, 17 and 13 against right-handed pitching two and five in their last seven, nine and six in division play. And then quickly over unders the Cardinals are 16 and 17 and hitting the over eight and six on the road, 13 and 13 against right-handed pitching three and four in their last seven. And Eight and three in division. They like to hit overs in the division play. The Brewers, 16 and 18, uh, covering the over this season. Nine and six at home. 11 and 18 against right handed pitching. Four and three in their last seven and five and nine in division play. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, a lot of star power out there. I know Kristen Yelich is injured right now. He came back, played like one game, got hurt, and was back on the IL.
1: But who are you watching in today's game, Kyle? Uh, DJ, for the Cardinals, I'm watching Nolan Arenado. He's been having a pretty solid, not normal, normal Nolan Arenado, but just a really solid season so far. 281 batting average, six home runs, 23 RBIs. For the Brewers, Travis Shaw, who I'm looking out for, a 220 batting average, five home runs and 22 RBIs. And DJ, it's time once again for one of my parlays. I'm going to go a parlay with a no-run first inning parlayed with an under seven.
2: Kyle, I like it. Uh, Yeah, so just trends-wise, the under is speaking to me. And other trend-wise, the Brewers are speaking to me. I mean, the thing that my beef, John Gant's stats look amazing, but my beef is in his last three games, he's had six walks, five walks, and two walks. I just – what that signals to me is this dude has good stuff, but he doesn't have good control – Uh, And I think the Brewers with uh, Woodruff, they're just more disciplined. Uh, Woodruff dominates the Cardinals. Uh, So I I like the Brewers here, even without Yelich. Uh, I know the the Cardinals have a lot of star power. But at home, I'm just I'm going Brewers. I'm going under. I know it's seven. I'm not in love with it, but I think it hits. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. B-Ross, what do you got,
3: buddy? Take everything you just said. Throw it out the door. Cardinals money line all five units they are getting done tomorrow. Cardinals are whooping ass, best team in the NL Central, easily.
1: D- DJ, we had uh easily. We had DeVos on and he was uh, fade me, but now we got Beerus on and he's fade you. He's got beef. I'm gonna have to come at him with my fake Twitter account,
3: I guess. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Come at it and just bring it. Everybody. Cardinals money line. Hot hot team. Hot.
2: I mean, if they lose tonight, it's not the worst idea. Um, and the over under of seven really puts you in a predicament because it's not a lot. If that was eight, I'd love the under, but it's seven. And yeah, I know it's only one. Run. Ri-
3: yeah, seven's risky, but yeah. I mean, that's that's from like a you know, three, two, like a four two game to you know, six five three game, something like that, all of a sudden and
2: Exactly. B Ru- yep. B. Russ gets it. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You, get a, yeah. you get a late
3: home run in the ninth inning and then it's just, you know, what right. happened?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't like seven, especially because Gant. I mean, he walks, walks a couple guys, gives up a dinger. Like he, he's got six walks, five walks in his last. He's averaging five and a half walks in his last two games. I just I don't trust it. So, anyway, Kyle, get on to the matchup that is just going to be
3: mm-hmm. very mm-hmm.
2: interesting given B-Russ' Russ's
3: A little brunch action.
2: Yeah, B-Russ' allies
1: versus our allies, Kyle. What do you got here, buddy? So, this is uh, B-Russ versus Gambling Feud, this game right here. We got the Cubs against the – In Indians. Chicago,
3: what do you say?
2: Cubs are going to win today. <laughs>
1: This is a 2016 song. World I'm not, Series. I'm not going to lie. There. I'm not
3: going to lie. It is a great song. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So catchy.
3: It's it's no Cleveland Rocks, but, you know, I mean, it's it's a catchy tune.
1: Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'll
3: catch myself singing it every once in a while. Is <laughs> out of nowhere. If you bet on them, yeah, I'll sing it. <laughs> Watch enough Cubs games to get it stuck in my head.
1: Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> this, this game is, like Beerus said, so it's a brunch game at uh, 1210 p.m., this is the second match of the season, and I know Rus is gonna definitely uh, flex this. The Indians won today, three uh, as we record, three to two. Uh, yeah, Shout out, Caesar
3: Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the the line. Right with Chris
3: now? Bryant. What happened with Chris Bryant? He got sick. He ate some <laughs> yeah.
2: bad bad sushi, man. I, I had no, to you don't that.
3: Tank. You don't eat that sushi from Lake Erie. Mm-mm. No way, Jose.
1: Uh, real quick. The you line is set at, uh, <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland favored minus minus one ten. Cubs. Money line is plus a hundred and over under is at nine. Uh, DJ, do you want to go through probable pitchers and talk a little trends here?
2: Yeah, I can do that. So we got Zach Davies who has been terrible for the Cubs two and two record with a 6.3 ERA, 18 strikeouts and in 30 innings. Yeah. That's embarrassing. I know. Um, Excuse me. Indians hitters are 12 of 33, so very small sample size, but that is a 364 batting average with three runs. His recent performance, he played well against the Pirates, gave up zero runs in seven innings. He only had one strikeout, which is embarrassing. If you pitch seven innings, you only strike out one dude. But whatever, he shut him out, so I'm cool with it. Uh, And then he gave up one run in four innings to the Reds and then five runs in 3.7 innings or three and two-thirds innings Against the Braves, kind of got lit up a little. And then the Indians got Tristan McKenzie. Uh, He's got a one-on-one record with a 4.9 ERA, 34 Ks in 23 and two-thirds innings. Recent performance for Tristan, zero earned runs in five innings with five strikeouts against the Royals, five earned runs in two innings against the White Sox, and then three earned runs in four innings against the Yankees. Uh, Cubs are 17 and 17 record wise this season, 4 and 9 on the road, which is just terrible, 10 and 15 against righties, and 5 and 2 in their last five. They have started to get a little bit hot, but the Indians are right there with them 18 and 14 record wise, 8 and 7 at home, 10 and 6 against right hand pitching, and 6 and 1 in their last seven. If we update it now, I guess, I don't know if it would change at all, but they did win today. Um, but I'd have to know when the last loss. So just never mind. Over under trends, Chicago 16 and 18 a hit in the over this season, seven and six on the road, eleven and four against right-handed pitching, five and two in their last seven. They have been trending over recently. The Indians, 16 and 15, a hit in the over this season, seven and seven at home, seven and eight against right-handed pitching, and four and three in their last seven. Doesn't really tell us much. They're basically 50-50 chance of hitting one or the other. Either they hit or they don't hit is what it seems like this year. But Kyle, a lot of stars on the field again. Who are you watching in today's game?
1: Yeah, DJ. So for the Cubs, he had a he's had a great season except the week I chose him for my daily fantasy sports.
2: He got you the win. He got you he the win.
1: He did but give me the win. It was embarrassing. I'll give him that. He did give me the win. But that's Chris Bryant if he plays tomorrow. Uh, batted three batting three hundred eight on the year with nine home runs and twenty two RBIs. And then for the Indians, a guy I look at is Fran Mill Reyes with a 271 batting average, eight home runs and 23 RBIs. So everybody knows me. I don't like to bet with my heart as much as I want to stick it to B and bet the Cubs here. I don't do that. So what I'm gonna so the bets I would play is whatever Zach Davies line for strikeouts is. I'm betting the under. And then an over-under of nine, I still think that hits because I think Davies is going to give up a ton of runs himself, and I think McKenzie will as well. So I would take Davies under whatever the line is for strikeouts and then over nine.
2: Yeah, Kyle, you you hit it right on the head, and Fram Hill-Reyes is just a dinger-hitting machine. Uh, He's electric, and he's one of my favorite to bet to win the home run, like win the home run category every year because he's always plus a lot of money. And he always has, a, as they say, a puncher's chance, or in his case, a dinger's chance. Uh, but no, the over is the, the move in this game. Zach Davies blows. He's so bad. It's embarrassing. He had a great start last game against the Pirates, who are trash. And what that tells me, he's about to get lit up by the Indians. And if you guys don't know about the Indians, the Indians this year will either score the bare minimum of runs to win the game or barely lose the game. Or they will score so many runs, you're like, wow, that's a lot of runs. Well, they only scored three runs as we record today against the Cubs, so they're going to score a ton of runs against Zach Davies because he is terrible. Uh, and on the flip side, McKinsey isn't much better, so the Cubs are also going to score runs. I don't know what pitcher I hate more in this matchup, and therefore I'm going over, over, over.
3: I like it. I also have the over, two units on the over. Um, I have Cleveland money line two units. I mean, come on. I got to, you know, stick to my guns here. And you guys aren't even talking about the most electric player on the Indians. Fran Reyes. is, yeah, he's nice. He hits some home runs. Jose Ramirez is the Indians' best best position player, electric human being. I'm going with Jose Ramirez to hit a home run tomorrow as well. He's going to go back-to-back games. He had a rocket out last night. He's uh, going to hit another one today, a little brunch action. Uh, so – Cleveland money line two units over nine, two units. Tristan McKenzie, who the hell knows which one's going to show up, and Davies pu stinks, and Jose Ramirez hitting a dinger, absolutely not even a question. Davies is going to hit, serve him a softball, and he's sending it to the Cuyahoga River.
2: I like it. Uh, so quick fact for you: I once bet on Jose Ramirez Ramirez to lead the league in home runs. And I think he had a season low. I, I don't even know if he hit 20 that season. I single handedly, one season, cost Ramirez everything. I mean, I just, just made him put him in self destruction mode, you could say. So I apologize for that. And I've never bet on him since, but what a, what a fun player. And he always got that massive dip at his mouth. So, oh, yeah. He's <laughs> like just as
3: much dip as he can throw in there. He's, <laughs> he's throwing it in, he's packing it tight. Uh, side note: I said this on Twitter earlier this week. So glad the Indians kept Ramirez and traded away Lindor. You know, we're not sitting in a three hundred and thirty forty-one million dollar hole with a you know guy hitting one sixty. Jose Ramirez, he'll get it going. He's, I mean, he's hitting two fifty. He's got ten home runs. Uh, I can think twenty RBIs. So you know, we're we're cooking. We'll be all right. It's first place in the in the division. So the Indians the Indians are good without Francisco.
2: Yep. And Davies is going to be throwing BP tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just going to mm-hmm. be feeding it in yep. over city. If you don't know it, cash it in, take out a loan. Just go to the bank and be like, Hey, Davies
1: and McKenzie are pitching against each other. The yep. overs a lock. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will say though, DJ, you and I have, uh, have said several times. To- I don't remember what Cubs pitch. We said the one time that he's terrible or whatever, but I think they played the Mets and he, I think shut him out. I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the Cubs pitchers, and you and me were just going off. This guy stinks. This guy stinks. They go against the Mets and just shut them out.
3: I'm trying to remember who it tomorrow is, and friend,
2: I, and I can't, but it's not happening tomorrow. Yeah, B-Russ is on point. It's it's over City. It's over City.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, B-Russ was talking earlier how he likes a little hockey, so we figured we'll throw the last couple of games be a little hockey action. So we got – uh, a matchup tonight at seven o'clock between the wild who's third in the west with 75 points and the blues who are fourth in the west with 59 points both teams have clinched a playoff berth uh this is the seventh matchup of the season the blues lead the series four four to two and the over on un- and the over is four and two in this series the line right now is set at the wild favored at minus 125. The blues uh, at plus 115, the over under at five and a half, minus 130, trending over. However, uh, DJ, you want to dive into some trends for this game?
2: Yeah, so that minus 130, the overs minus 130 right now, that's why I say trending over. So it'll probably move to six, uh, but yeah, some trends here quick. The wild 35 14 and five this season, 14 9 and three on the road, seven one and two in their last 10. They are playing pretty well. The Blues 25, 20, and a whopping nine overtime losses, Uh, 10, 11, and five at home, 6 3 in their last 10. Uh, And then over under trends, the Wild are 32, 21 and one at hitting the over this season, 16, 9 and one on the road. The Blues 25 and 27 and two at hitting the over this season, 12, 12 and two at hitting the over at home. And I mean, there's just so many good players on the ice. I mean, we got two playoff teams here, but what two players are you watching out for today, Kyle? All
1: right, I'm gonna probably botch this guy's name, so if I do, feel free to to tell me. For the Wild, uh, Kareel Kaprizov.
2: Kaprizov, like Kaprizi son. Kaprizov. Kaprizov.
1: And it's Kareel. I first name I don't know.
2: I just call him Kaprizi son. It's the easy way. It's easy way not to mess it up.
1: So Kaprizov, he has uh, 51 points in the year, leads the team, uh, 27 goals leading the team, and 24 assists for the Blues. Ryan O'Reilly has uh, 52 points, tied for first in the team, leads the team in goals with 24, and has 28 assists. Uh, This is going to be a really, really close game. I think it's going to be very, very high scoring. I do like the over five and a half for this game.
2: Yeah. So it's minus minus one thirty right now. You're going to eat a lot of juice, but I do like the over, uh, the wild last time they made a trip down to St. Louis, they lost both games. It was embarrassing. They blew both of them right at the end. I mean, just terrible play out of the wild. Uh, but I'm going wild this game. I'm going over, uh, Caprizov has proven to be rookie of the year. I mean, dude, just lighting it up. So good. So talented. I mean, what doesn't he do? He can pass, he can score. Um, I'm, I'm biased. I am a Wild fan, so take this with a grain of salt. But, yeah, no, Wild, they're going to clean them up. And if the, the thing is, I think they're playing two games. So if the Wild do not beat them in game one, they're going to beat them in game two. And if they lose both of them, then I'm just going to pretend to be toast or whatever. I'm going to change my picture to some absurd image that you won't be able to recognize me as. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a fake image that you don't know me as, and I'm just going to hide But I promise you the Wild to win one of the next two, and I think they're going to win the first one. So let's just make money on the first one. But b Russ, what do you got, buddy?
3: I like it. I'm right there with you. I think the Wild go into St. Louis. They get it done. I like the Wild money line, and I like the over as well, Uh, two and a half on each. Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. We're going to get not necessarily a preview, but, you know, two playoff teams. They're basically the Blues are sitting there position in the fourth spot, you know, the wild are still fighting for that second seed and uh, home ice advantage with the um, avalanche. So, you know, they pick up a couple wins and that changes everything for them. And if they can get that home ice, I think, you know, that could really change how that first series goes against uh, Colorado. So I like uh, that or the wild to come out and uh, put the foot on the gas and get it done against the blues.
2: I would just like to say the wild are the best team to live bet either on or against because if the wild they're leading after the first period, they're probably going to blow it. It's just a trend. And if the wild they're losing in the first period, I don't care if it's three goals, the wild will come back and win. It's, it's absurd the amount of money you could have made live betting either on or against the wild this season, but I'm done. I'm done, Kyle.
1: All right, DJ, I'll cut you off then. Uh, Let's go to our last game of the Pick'Em. Again, another really, really solid uh, hockey game between the Oilers, who are second in the North with 70 points, against the Canadians, who are fourth in the North with 58 points. We got a game time for tonight, for this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Both teams have clinched a playoff berth. This is the ninth matchup of the season. The Canadians lead 5-3. to The Oilers did win. Four to three in overtime on Monday, and the under has hit six to two in this series. The line right now is set at Oilers minus 115, Montreal plus 105, and an over under at minus 120, trending under. So that line might shift a little bit. But uh, DJ, why don't you go over a few trends for us?
2: Yeah. So Edmonton is 34, 18 and two record wise this season. 18, 7, and 2 on the road, and 7, and 3 in their last 10. They're playing well. Montreal, not the same. 24, 21, and 10. 13, 11, and 3 at home. 4, 5, and 1 in their last 10 have not been playing well. over underwise, Edmonton 23, and 29, and 2 at hitting the over. 10, 16, and 1 on the road. The... Montreal, Canadians are 23, 29, and 3 at hitting the over this season, 10, 15, and 2 at home this season, and we have debatably what I think is one of the best players of all time playing, but Kyle, take it away, who do you got, who are you looking out for in this game?
1: DJ, this guy's gonna win, MB- there's, an MB- there's an MVP, in- okay, I don't know much about hockey, so I'm gonna ask this, there's an MVP in hockey, right?
2: Um, I think it's based on your conference, and it's like a certain. It, there's a certain. T- it's like a certain award name for no, that it's conference. No,
3: just one. No, it, nope, nope.
2: Was it like that before COVID? No. Okay. It's just
3: one. Just one MVP.
2: Okay, but there's an award for each conference. No. Okay. That <laughs> just one this overall is MVP. I, I'm pretending B Russ is wrong because I I know Taylor Hall won like award every year for like two or three
3: years. Um, yeah, he th- won an MVP. So did McDavid. Dreisaitl won it last year. You know.
1: <laughs> so anyways. Fake what news. Was, what What I was getting at is this guy's going to win MVP. I'm almost certain of it. And that's Connor McDavid. He has 102 points on the year, leading the team and leading the NHL. I think he's he's the only one in the NHL in triple digits. I think he's leading by about 19 over the next highest person. He has 33 goals in the year, which leads the team second in the NHL. And he has 69 assists, which leads the team and leads the NHL. (laughs) So, yeah, nice. So he's in the top two in all three of those categories and leading in two. And the Canadiens, Tyler Toffoli, has uh, 44 points in the year, 28 goals and 16 assists. Obviously, uh, DJ, you and b Russ will give him more... Better breakdown because you two know hockey a lot more than I do. I just kind of, I watch on occasion, but just more focusing on the lines and the stats, stuff like that. I'm a stat guy. You, you guys know that. Uh, I like Oilers money line here. I think they're going to go, go into Montreal and win this game.
2: Yeah. So obviously I don't know anything about hockey. Cause I didn't even know the MVP thing. So I, I'm discrediting myself now. I know nothing. I just got lucky gambling um but i i want to bet the oilers but the canadians have just played them well all season and i'm scared to now the price isn't that much minus 115 so probably the oilers are your money line move but i'm going to ride the under train i mean 6 and 2 this series the under is i'm going to ride it you know i i don't know why these teams just play under you know your 3-1 games your your 2 to 1 games your, your i mean just close games 3 to 2 Three to two, hits an under of six every time. So I think the actual move is the under here. I know they just hit an over with four, three score. It went to OT, fluky, three to three. It's not happening again. The under's the move in this game. That's all the breakdown I have. B-Rush, wrap it up, last game. What do you got, buddy?
3: Um, So I got three on this one. I like the Edmonton money line. I think they go in, they get it done. You got the MVP, the, the – MVP of the league. You got the Art Ross trophy winner. Who's the most points in the league. McDavid's just blowing everybody out of the water. 102 points next closest is, is his line mate, which is crazy. Leon dry 81 points, 22, 21 points behind McDavid. Um, I think that, you know, the Oilers have, they had an early exit in the playoffs last year. They're out on a mission to prove to everybody that, you know, we can get it done with this group. Um, you know, They've hit three or four out of the last five overs in their games. Uh, three out of the last five for Montreal. I also like the over in this one. I'm going two units on the over. And I think Edmonton just puts their foot in the gas and just puts the Canadians into the into the dirt. I'm putting uh, Edmonton puck line as well, two units. So two units on that, two units on the over, and one unit on the money line.
1: I I like that B Russ. Uh so again, we've been meaning to get you on the show for a long time. I'm sorry it's taken us so long. Really, really great to have you on, man.
3: You had to get the JV, you had to get the JV on the show before me. Right.
1: Exactly. We couldn't bring on a vet first thing. That's absurd. Right. You gotta yeah. let you gotta let the bums go first and then bring mm-hmm. the big dogs. So mm-hmm. you're so. Toast last week was on the show and called you out and stuff like that. Was talking how he's gonna be number one. He ended up finishing minus 14 units. He's dead last. I think the next closest to him is minus seven or something. Are you confident that you can beat Toast?
3: Yes. (laughs) I I think my cat could beat Toast.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, we. so I said last week, if Toast does super well in this gambling feud, uh, guest pick him, maybe he deserves a chance at you again. You know, if he finishes 20 units, maybe he deserves a chance, or even 15 or even 10. Uh, You know, I said this was his chance to prove he deserves a second chance at you, and he did terrible. So now I 100% agree with you, B-Russ. He doesn't deserve a chance. He had his chance. He blew it uh it's over for him he's toast
1: (laughs) he's
3: toast he's burnt toast
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh well B Rus, thanks again for coming on man it's been a pleasure having you glad we got able to talk a little sports with you talk a little little twitter beef It, it was it was a fun time man
3: appreciate it fellas i'm gonna go uh have some leftover spaghetti now Man.
2: Yeah, I'm jealous. (laughs) Any, any, uh, shout out to, Oh, wow. Now you just got to rub it in now. Come on now. He did. But any, uh, shout outs or promotions you want to give for yourself there, B-Russ?
3: Um, shout out to toast. I mean, you know, he keeps, (laughs) keeps me on my toes. Him, soup, all this shout out to the snakes, man. Snakes in the grass soup. I can't get a, get a read on him. I'm pretty sure I know which burner account is his. Um, you know, it's he says he's Team B Russ, then he hops off and he says fuck B Russ and all this stuff, and then he's like next day he's like, oh I'm Team B Russ and all this stuff, and it, you know it's just what come on dude, snakes ain't don't keep moving side to side like or Team guys don't keep moving side to side that's a snake move. Well
2: put, I agree. If you're gonna choose a side, stay that side. I don't. Me and me and Kyle, me and Kyle ain't flipping anytime soon. Like we said, we're loyal, Team B-Russ, day one. So you ain't going to see us tweeting, fuck B-Russ. I mean. No. Absolutely not.
1: Uh, DJ, you want to wrap up the show with some promotions that we got?
2: Yeah. So as Kyle mentioned earlier in the show, we have a new CODA Sports Cappers website that's going to be released, TBD, either today, tomorrow, hopefully sometime within the next week. Uh, So you can check that out. And we have some Daily Lock articles on CodaSportsCappers.com. Also, our podcast and our Twitter account called At Feud Gambling. Me and Kyle post five picks a day. We have a little contest every month. Uh, Our next podcast, next Wednesday, it'll be dropping. We have a Gambling Feud Trivia Contest. That's right. We are doing sports trivia. Kyle is going to be the host, as he talked about earlier on the show. Splitting up into two teams. I get stuck with soup and toast. I don't like this matchup. B Russ gets to be with Pace and Pumbaa. But whatever. News. You
3: want I'll let you guys know our team name right here, right here on the show. Yes. yes. Let's release. Snake. We're the Snake Charmers.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's
3: what I'm. That, mm-hmm. That's that's what it's about, baby. Right
2: there. Uh, anyway, you can check out Pace and B Rus's podcast. It's called Mount Lockmore, it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We've had a guest on that said that is hands down the coolest podcast name he's ever heard for a sports gambling In shows. It's right here. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out, mm-hmm. shout out B Rus on the name. Uh, so our social medias we got at Coda Capper Pace, at B Rus 35, at Pumba Cakes, at Campbell D Josh and the newest cat at Coda Capper Toast and then our twitter's djlo4422 and Kyle wrap it up buddy
1: yeah as always you can find me on twitter at CombDog. but join join us next week really really fun show we're going to have about 30 trivia questions sports trivia it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to do it on youtube live as well so if you miss it on youtube we're going to have it on the podcast as well. Tune in next week. It's going to be an electric show.
0: Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Colder Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Breaking necks. Breaking necks. necks. I bet. some bets. Locks on locks on locks on locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, lock on my pacer. Doing it major, LA Lakers. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, lock on my pacer. Doing it major, LA Lakers.